Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Barry, Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday edition of the show. And we now go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, and we are very excited to welcome back on Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire. Uh, you can turn to Roto-Wire for all of your fantasy needs. Joe also does a podcast on Tuesdays with Roto-Wire, breaking down everything in the world of the NFL and, and of fantasy football. Joe, uh, the time is greatly appreciated. We're very excited to have you back on because that also means fantasy football, professional football, it's right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're less than a well, I guess it's a little over a week out from professional football taking place, and I could not be more excited. So th- this is great, and uh, excited to be doing this again with you guys. Absolutely, Joe. And, and I'll probably give you, or someone here will give you probably an Aaron Rodgers uh, question at the end. <laughs> uh, but we'll save that for the end. We'll start off uh, with one of the biggest fantasy questions I think on everyone's mind, and that is Jonathan Taylor, who uh, going to be one of the very top producers at that position. How worried are, you, worried are you about the situation if you've already drafted and taken him very high or if you're about to have a draft this weekend? Just what are your thoughts on this uh, Jonathan Taylor situation? No, I'm, I'm very worried. Uh, there was a bit of ambiguity uh, when it came to the Jonathan Taylor situation last week, and you could maybe convince me or uh, twist my arm to saying he should go into the second round, uh, knowing that maybe Taylor would play or if he got traded to the right situation, could be a guy that – returns first-round pick value, so you're getting a deal. But now that you're knowing he's going to miss the first month of the season, first four weeks on the pup list, regardless if you think that injury is severe or not, that's a huge hindrance to his fantasy value. And I think he has to fall even further than the third or fourth round at this point. He's probably more like a fifth-round type of running back for me, which is in the same vein. Um, Aaron Jones is going a little bit earlier, probably like a round earlier, but like Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, um, guys like uh, Delvin Cook, James Conner, Alexander Masson would all probably go after him. But that's that's the tier now, knowing you're going to miss the first month of the season. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, and you know, there was a point, especially in the beginning of August and maybe even late July, where Taylor was sneaking into the end of the first round uh, and certainly was going to be mid-second round, the top 20 overall ADP player. So it's devastating, I think, for people who drafted earlier because there's really no recourse and the worst part of this scenario for me is I don't know who the starting running back is for the Colts. I, I, I'm sure we will know next week. But even if there is an official designated starter, I think Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, somebody they sign off of waivers or for agency, could all still end up being a factor. Like There isn't going to be one player that ends up taking the role of Jonathan Taylor. And because of that, there is not a great situation at all with this. It, it's, a, it's a total loser for the NFL, because Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the league, we don't get to see him. And it's also a total losing situation for fantasy players because there really is no positive element on any, any direction for this. Joe, the Falcons have kind of revamped their offense, added um, B. John Robinson, drafted him in the first round, uh, have officially named Desmond Ritter as their starting quarterback, um, added Mac Hollins uh, kind of as a wide receiver two role. Um, what do you th- what do you see from the skill position guys like Drake London getting Kyle Pitts back now that he's healthy? Um, how are you feeling about the Falcons' skill position guys this year in fantasy? Uh, they're bad. And I say they're bad because Mac Hollins is more like a tight end two, and they got a tight end three in Jonu Smith, who's the fullback. I hate what Arthur Smith wants to do offensively. I think it's very boring, and I don't think it's going to be very successful in the NFL. Uh, yeah, you can win seven or eight regular season games, but when you play actually good teams, that's, that's just not a successful strategy, as we've seen with the Titans 
over many, many years down the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Pitts is good, and Drake London is really good, and I think Bijan Robinson is good. Like that core three, you say what you want about the, the way Arthur Smith is running the offense. Those guys are elite talents, and any coordinator or any offensive system will make effective use of them. But it feels like Arthur Smith intentionally wants to sabotage the possibility of those guys reaching their potential, specifically Kyle Pitts. Even when Kyle Pitts was healthy last year, um, I, I was shocked with the lack of usage for him and the way they were choosing to use Kyle Pitts, who's an incredible athlete, I think kind of a unicorn in a lot of aspects, and you're still having to be an inline blocker or whatever else. Like that's, there's just It's mind-numbingly increative or uncreative to do what they were doing with Kyle Pitts, and I hope now with Matt Collins and John Smith and every other uh, good blocker, not great athlete, they can free Kyle Pitts up to do stuff that he should be doing, like being athletic and making plays offensively and helping, I think, stretch the field for Desmond Ritter, who I'm I'm not high on, but I, I'm definitely not low on Desmond Ritter either. Like of, of the quarterbacks in the 20 through 30 tier uh, among starters in the NFL, I think Desmond Ritter is probably higher on that list than some might want to believe. So I'm confident that Drake London, given he's the only uh, player, player around that can catch passes, it feels like, We'll do fine enough for his ADP, which is the fifth or sixth round. And the same goes for Kyle Pitts, provided they use, utilize him the right way, which we're on year three now. You, you would think you'd be able to figure out what to do with a guy who runs a 4-4 and a 6-6, but uh, alas, Arthur Smith is not. So Bijan Robinson has been going uh, number five or six overall, and I think pretty comfortably if you are afraid of Austin Eckler and his workload, uh, if you're afraid of Cooper Cup's injury history and the hamstring injury he had during the preseason, then Bijan Robinson is probably going higher than you might think. But I don't think that's wrong. Um, you draft number seven or eight or overall, whatever it was, to give him a healthy workload. And I think this offense is is very much suited to give him a healthy workload, along with still having Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson factor into the backfield, too. Uh, Joe, when you're just kind of looking around the league and, and thinking on the fantasy scale of things where you've got a lot of players, you've got certain players out there that everybody wants. They're, they're ranked very high, and, and people are taking them kind of the tops of their drafts. Who are one or two guys that are in that position that you would kind of warn people away from that you're just not very high on their potential this year? Yeah, Devontae Adams has been kind of my go-to for that, and he's been slipping a little bit. Adams was kind of clearly like a pick overall 10, maybe wide receiver 4 or 5, but now he's more like pick overall 14 or 15. Um, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb have all been going ahead of Devontae Adams, and that wasn't the case when you're really looking at the ADP in like late March, uh, early June, July, I, I, I'm concerned because Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback for the Raiders and say what you want about Derek Carr, but Carr really had a connection with Adams dating back to college, and I thought that was very clear. So it was, it was obvious for those guys to force feed Adams because Derek Carr, Derek Carr felt comfortable. Is Garoppolo going to? I, I don't know. I mean, like, Garoppolo is not that great of a quarterback. He's a great game manager. He'll do the system effectively, blah, blah, blah. But will he actually make Devontae Adams a fantasy asset to that extreme, I have my reservations. I think Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the NFL and has been for probably close to a decade. You know, In that range, it won't be quite 10 years, but six or seven years now. And uh, it was always clear that Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams better, but then didn't right last year because Derek Carr is not a good quarterback and Devontae Adams was still insane. So there is some, there is some like a, a floor that even if Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst possible quarterback in the worst situation for Adams, that He'll still be a comfortable, I think, wide receiver two or low-end wide receiver one. But we're all just operating that he's going to get 106 targets and 100-plus catches. And I just, I just don't know. 
I think the sneaky part of this, though, is what if Devontae Adams were to get traded to the Jets? Maybe this is a segue into the Aaron Rodgers question, because we have to have one of those. But I, I think you look at the Raiders' uh, schedule this year, and I talked about it on the Tuesday What Away podcast. We did over-unders for every single NFL team. The Raiders right now sit at 6.5. I will smash the under, and I, I, I like the odds at plus 1,300 for them to have the worst record in the NFL. Like the, the AFC is just incredibly difficult. There's at least 10 teams that could compete for the playoffs. The Raiders are not among them. Um, I, I think they could really struggle this season, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo were to get hurt, like he always does, or uh, the defense just doesn't do what a lot of people are expecting them to do. So I wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Adams did get traded to the Jets uh, and they give up even more draft capital to recreate uh, Green Bay East over in New York. Joe, the top three quarterbacks of the 2023 class have been named starters officially. Uh, what are your thoughts on on them? Do you think that any of them have higher higher ceilings uh, of those three? Which one do you would it, which one would you expect to have the most impact fantasy wise? Yeah, it's Anthony Richardson, and I'm not even sure it's close. And I and I don't want to disparage C.J. Stroud, who I actually really like as a QB, and I think the Texans made the right call. I'm less interested in Bryce Young. Uh, I, I'm I guess a heightist. I, I just don't know how I feel comfortable with a 5'10", 5'8", quarterback, whatever the NFL Combine uh, listing was, being successful. And I do get concerned about what we see with Kyler Murray, although I understand they're different players. Um, I think Stroud will be fine in the NFL, and once the Texans provide more talent around him, you're going to see him not excel, but I think he'll be a, a good starting quarterback. It's Richardson that's really interesting, because you could easily, easily talk me into saying Richardson will not be great. He will not win many games for the Colts. Uh, what happens in the second contract? Will he be with the Colts? You know, I, there's a lot of questions with that. But from a fantasy perspective, I think it, it's a marriage made in heaven. Um, let's just say Shane Steich, now new head coach for the Colts, operates a similar offense that he did with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles last season. That would mean Anthony Richardson is running designed runs near the top of the league. It'll be Hurts, it'll be Justin Fields, it'll be Anthony Richardson. And Fields did a lot of those runs that were not scripted. He was you know, rolling on the pocket or whatever else, looking for those lanes. If Anthony Richardson is running some of the most designed quarterback runs in the NFL, he is going to be a successful fantasy quarterback. Uh, at, at you know that 4-5 speed, at his height, his weight, that's going to be really successful. And then if you factor in like the Josh Allen goal line, uh, kind of opportunities, which is what I would do if I have a body type of Anthony Richardson. It reminds me of somebody that you guys are probably pretty familiar with, Cam Newton. And we all know how successful Cam Newton was from a fancy quarterback for a long time with the Panthers. So I really believe Anthony Richardson, um, if you're going to be gambling on a rookie QB this year, he's the one I'll go for. Right now he's being drafted around quarterback 10 or 11, which is 10th round or later. Typically the people who are doing that are the ones who had Dak Prescott's or maybe even Deshaun Watson, you know, one of those guys right away, and you're just uh, double-picking him. Uh, Dak Prescott one round, Anthony Richardson the next round, and saying, one of these guys will be a starter for me each and every single week of the season and will present the upside that a Mahomes or Josh Allen or uh, even Jalen Hurts or Fields does in the right matchup. It, that might be optimistic thinking, but I do, I do believe there's a potential for Anthony Richardson, especially towards the latter half of the season. Talking to Joe Barnell of Roto Wire today on Sports Call. A couple more for you, Joe. And I do have an Auburn-related question with Tank Bigsby, drafted by Jacksonville mm. this year. What is his upside? I know he had a really productive preseason. What would he be worth in the fantasy realm, and what's his upside for this year? Yeah, he's a really, really popular dynasty running back, and I think that's kind of where the conversation differentiates. So if you're saying, 
what does Tank Bigsby do this year and this year own, so redraft leagues? He's probably like a 10th or 11th round selection, much in the same way that you were drafting Alexander Madison last year with Dalvin Cook or any of these backup or handcuffed running backs. That's a lot of the same vein, but I think Bigsby's going to get utilized more than just a backup running back. Like The, the idea would be if Etienne is hurt, Travis Etienne, obviously a Clemson guy, um, but productive starter for the Jaguars, if he gets hurt, then Bigsby comes in and does everything. That might be the case, although I don't know if I, I trust Bigsby from a pass-catching perspective to equate that same role with ETN in that offense. But he's going to get involved from a, a ball-carry perspective. Now, the other part with Dynasty is that everyone thinks Bixby is going to be as good of a player as Travis ETN. He's going to push him out of the starting role, uh, that he's going to get three-down work. And I don't see that happening. Like I don't think there's any point uh, in Jacksonville's uh, tenure with these two running backs that ETN is not starting and playing significantly more than Bigsby. So in that regard, the market on the redraft is wrong because he's going to be more valuable than just a backup. But the dynasty value is operating as if he's going to be a starter someday. And just because he's a third-round pick doesn't mean he's going to be a starter, and I think everyone's wrong with that. So uh, it's a two-part question, and you can like Bigsby and think he's really talented and think he'll have a role this season, but also recognize that he's not nearly as good um, at everything that ETM provides to that offense. Joe, as uh, as promised, got to ask you about the uh, the Green Bay question. Um, a I, I, part of it, I do want to know what you think of 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 the Jets, and I, that's going to be a really fun division, the AFC East. But then also uh, Jordan Love and Ode, if you will, to or uh, you know a, a eulogy of Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay. Just just whatever you want on the Green Bay side of things, too. Yeah, um, oh boy, I, I thought I got over these feelings, and I get to rehash them with straight. Um, I, I was I was comfortable with the trade and and what the Packers ended up getting. I thought it was always ludicrous that there was no leverage conversation, and looked at the Packers and then winning that deal. Um, in that regard, I I had been kind of mentally ready to trade Aaron Rodgers even the season before. Obviously, coming off that second consecutive year as MVP. Um, you look at what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. I am envious the Packers, as a fan of that franchise, didn't choose that route, although I understand why they didn't. But if the end result was then to trade him a year later, that is a mistake on the, on the Packers' part, and it will always be a mistake on the Packers' part. So I, I, get, I get frustrated as a fan that you, know, you and I sit here on the couch or on the radio station, and we can analyze these things and how did the front office and, and the ownership or whatever, the leadership in Green Bay – not also recognize what seemed to be very clear pitfalls and issues within the franchise and organization between those two parties. Um, I also get upset uh, that the $30 million pay cut Rodgers took just so happily uh, <laughs> happens with the Jets and not the Packers, although I get it. If that were to happen with the Packers, were the Packers going to spend it all? No, probably not. So why should Aaron Rodgers take the pay cut? Um, and he has every belief that the Jets will do that. So I guess good on him and finding the right spot. I want the Jets to be successful. But I do not want them to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I will be man enough to admit that I would be very upset sure. if uh, the, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers got to have that success when it felt like we were so close, we being Packer fans, and never got to have that happen. So, at least recently, I get it. 2010-11 was great. Um, to the Packers' point, I don't, know what we'll, I don't know what we'll see with Jordan Love, but I think this is a real make-or-break year for Matt LaFleur because there, there is going to be no question who is running the offense? I think times last year you're saying, is Aaron Rodgers checking out of things? Is he calling these quick passes, not doing any runs? Is it Aaron Rodgers or LaFleur? Well, that's not a conversation anymore. And I think LaFleur has handled things outside of this Rodgers thing poorly, 
And if he is not successful running an offense and can't handle a franchise, then he should not be a head coach. So it's going to be a big year for Matt LaFleur, not so much Jordan Love. And if you don't think Jordan Love is good, which many don't, and that's completely fine. I'm not sure, frankly, where I lie on that. I'm not betting the over-under win totals on the, on the Packers. I'm just taking the under on Jordan Love's passing yards. Like, if you think the Packers won't be successful this year, then Love has to be hitting, or he has to be under every single gambling mark there is, touchdowns, passing yards-wise, everything else. So that's where I stand. I love Romeo Dobbs. He's one of my favorite uh, ADP values right now as an 11th-round receiver. But it has, it has nothing to do with Jordan Love being successful. It's just that Romeo Dobbs is going to be the team's number one target, even if Christian Watson gets more yards. So, uh, And Luke Musgrave, I guess, as well, too, is probably my favorite overall value because nobody even knows who he is. Uh, Second-round tight end, guy that super athletic, was utilized a ton in the preseason. He is no different to me than tight end 11 or 12, which is Chigi Konku or the Pat Firemuth, but you can get them at the literal last point in your draft. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll be wrong in my Packer fandom with Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgrave, but those guys are really interesting to me in this Jordan Love situation. He's Joe Barnell of RotoWire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, as always, the Times greatly appreciated. What can our listeners do to, to uh, support your work and, and find uh, all that they need on their uh, uh, fantasy needs? Yeah, it might be uh, close to NFL season for a lot of people, but we are still in the thick of things for my life. So everyone knows redraft season, you know, drafting overall is probably one of the biggest things. That comes with a fantasy analyst, and I have a lot going on. So every Tuesday we have the RotoWire NFL podcast. You can listen to that wherever you listen to your, your podcast platforms. Uh, next week we're talking waiver wire pickups that will help you win before the season even starts. Uh, I have SiriusXM shows both Thursday and Friday of this week, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, talking drafts that are going on. And I'll be doing some live streaming of drafts that I have, auction formats specifically, over the next seven days. So it's a very jam-packed schedule. I cannot wait. I will be doing, I think, 18 drafts this year, 18 leagues. Yes, I'm gross. Uh, yes, I'm not excited <laughs> for it. But it is a lot of fun. Uh, you, you can hate yourself for doing it and still recognize that it's fun to do. So it'll be a healthy dose of fantasy content for me uh, and for everyone who's following along on JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter, not X on Twitter, sorry, Elon, uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, and also, Joe, I just the, the fact of 18 teams, like there's got to be at least a couple times a year where you're sitting there, it's like 12.07, you, you've just seen, I don't know, the first completion of a game, and you're like, oh, no, I forgot to make one change in, in league number 15. Oh, no. It's just it's crazy to keep up with all that. I don't know how you do it. But. Oh yeah, that, that, that happens. I was gonna say it, I thought you were gonna. It's like your Braves, where oh uh, darn, I'll only win fifteen out of my next eighteen games. <laughs> and you have to guess about the the three losses. Yes. I will right. happily win 15 out of my 18 games, just like your brave. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll sign up for that every single time. Joe, as always, Tom's greatly appreciated. We look forward to chatting again next week. All right, thanks for having me on.